listening to Let's Stay Together, a podcast about Fruits Basket by Natsuki Takaya. I'm Ellen. And I'm Kayla. And today we're discussing chapters 35 and 36, which is the aftermath of the True Form arc. So <laughs> now we finally really start our discussion, and now we're on to the next two chapters. We're going to do summary and discussion together so you don't have to wait this time, and then spoilery discussion, as we usually do. Per usual. <laughs> as per usual, indeed. The chapter opens with Yuki tying his tie. There are times I want to run away, he thinks, and then he pulls the tie tight. Downstairs at breakfast, Shigure is being annoying, of course, by questioning Kyo's life choices to, <laughs> you know, go train at Cosmos Dojo only three times a week. And he asks Toru, whose bandage is still visible on her neck, if she knows why uh, Kyo is doing that. And Kyo is like, stop always asking her. Yuki arrives and is like, why are they yelling? What are they yelling about so early in the morning? And Toru is like, Three days is suspicious, but stop asking me is the reason, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's a stupid argument, Yuki replies. He sits down to eat, but then when he goes to pick up some food, he hits Kyo's chopsticks with his. Kyo and Yuki stare at each other down, and you can see Chibitoru anxiously watching in the background from the corner of both of those panels, which is really funny. Yuki stands up and throws the chopsticks away violently, and Kyo is like, are you throwing them away? I don't want your germs, Yuki says, like a grump. Your stupidity might be contagious. And Kyo is affronted, <laughs> seriously affronted, but he tries to keep it chill like Shisho told him to. Toru is moved by his efforts and says that his efforts are noble. And Shigeru is like, hey, he was you just You can tell because it says moved above her head. Yes! <laughs> and she's clasping her hands and like closing her eyes and looking wistful. <laughs> and Shigeru is like, hey, he was just yelling at me. I commend your discipline, Yuki says. You stupid cat. <laughs> Then we are treated he to... He breaks the chopsticks cleanly. He does. He does a good job. <laughs> Not like last time. Not like the Toru did in the anime or whatever we were just <laughs> talking about. We are treated to a silent ghosty panel again. Thank you, Takaya-sensei, for this panel. <laughs> <laughs> you girly man, Kyo yells, standing up. <laughs> and Shikuri and Yuki are like, he never, he'll never change. Kyo continues, you really piss me off. You are the one person I will hate and hate till they put me in my grave. And then he punctuates his argument with dumbass and then punches through the door and stomps off. More house damage. Shigure's house, zero. Kyo, six. <laughs> he's the only fight he's winning. <laughs> I just want to say. <laughs> I had to go back and count whose damage was whose to get that number. I hope you're happy. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, think whatever you want, damn it. Right? So predictable, Shigure says. <laughs> Which is wonderful. It looks like it'll be a while before he can make that a reality, Toru thinks. Yuki says, that's my line. I will keep hating you even after I've been buried. Very seriously, he says this. It's so goth. Or <laughs> he just acts super goth. <laughs> this whole conversation has got there like, I'm going to hate you till I die. And Yuki's like, I'm going to keep hating you after I'm dead. Like, it's the only way to one-up Kyo. <laughs> <laughs> Yuki abruptly changes the subject to their final exams after this. And Toru thinks back to the true form incident from the other day, of course. I'm very happy if she thinks that I was able to learn about Kyokun's feelings and his relationship with Shiso-san. But there are still some things about the night that left me anxious. Kagura-san, she was there when I went to bed, and then we see Toru creeping on Kagura, who I imagine was <laughs> pretending to sleep and not actually sleeping. <laughs> but she was already gone when I awoke, and I haven't seen her since, Toru thinks. And then there's Yuki-kun. At school, like, at school later that day, we see a kid talking to Yuki, and Yuki kind of talking back and smiling. Haru watches out of a window. It's hard to tell... We see in the narration, which is Toru still. Yuki-kun seems depressed somehow. Honda-san, hey, Hasaru says, popping up behind Toru in the hallway. Oh, you're not with Momiji-kun today, she asks. And Haru says that he was being annoying, so he left him in class. And there's like a little panel of Momiji, like, doing something. I don't know. Off to the side. 
Haru asks after Yuki, and Toru says that she can pass on a message if he wants. Haru says that Yuki looked troubled earlier. It's hard to tell, but he somehow seemed depressed, Toru thinks. Or maybe it's Haru. It's ambiguous whose narration dialogue that is. Ah, Toru says, and then blushes, and then looks down. Never mind, she says, and Haru looks down at her. We have this like extended narration of Toru's thoughts. It says, when I thought that, I realized maybe Yuki can saw it too. That night, maybe you can saw Kyo's true form, but Kagura-san acted like she knew about his true form. Maybe Yuki already knew too. Maybe I'm just worrying over nothing, but I'm afraid to ask about it. I might touch on things that they don't want to be touched. For that reason, in front of Kagura-san and Yuki-kun, all I can do is act like I don't know. Haru pats Toru on the head, and then he says, <laughs> mm, later. Promptly turns and walks off, leaving Toru to simply, <laughs> eh, behind him. <laughs> I love Haru. He's very charming in this mm-hmm. chapter. I like how he just pats her on the head and then leaves. Yeah. <laughs> With an audible, like, pat, pat, pat sound, as yeah. indicated by the sound effects. We see, uh, we cut to, like, what looks like the roof, of course, because that's where all the serious conversations happen at school in manga. Mm-hmm. We see Yuki kind of looking out off of the roof, and Hatsaru finds him there. Haru asks if something happened. Yuki seems pretty down, he says. And Yuki looks over, and then he looks away again. Don't say things like that. I'm trying hard to fight it. Yuki says. You're fighting it? Haru asks. And then Yuki pauses and asks about how Kagura is, and Haru's like, how would I know? I mean, I think she's doing fine. Did something happen to Kagura? Nah, he says. Which is like, uh, he calls her, like, big sister Kagura, I guess. You could mm. you could translate it that way? I don't know. Yeah. It's another, like, honorific that I guess indicates how close they are. I don't know. Whatever. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like how, I think, like how Kisa called Hattori, Hattori Ji-san or whatever, Ji-chan. <laughs> Yeah. We see in his memory, he asks Kagura if she's leaving, and she says, Yeah, today I'm kind of. Well, will you just tell Kyokun that I'll see him later? Okay, Yunchan? Kagura, Yuki says, Hmm? She says. It's nothing, he says. Eh, what is it? Yunchan, you're weird, she says, smiling. Kagura is strong, Yuki says. Haru looks concerned. Something did happen, Yuki says. But she won't say. And Yuki thinks, For now, I'll keep a lid on it, a tight lid. That form, the other things, all of it, everything. If I don't, the muddy feeling will o- muddy feelings will overflow. Hatred, disgust, I'll be swallowed up by those dirty feelings again. I don't want that anymore. For now, I'll keep a lid on it. Maybe someday when I'm a better person, he thinks. But Haru interrupts his thoughts. She's worried about you, you know? Honda-san? And Yuki's like, dot dot dot. Like, he looks over <laughs> at Haru with a little cute chibi face, and Haru's like, he really didn't notice? Whether you express your feelings or not is your choice, Yuki, Haru says, but you really shouldn't leave her worrying like that. It's the least you could do. And not just Honda-san. And Haru, like, slumps on the railing as well and says, I'm worried about you. You're always worrying so much about other people, Yuki says. It's my personality, I guess, Haru says. Still, I hate watching you suffer. I want you to enjoy life. And Yuki smiles and says, you're right. Later, so, like, we're bouncing all over the school, so (laughs) try, try to keep up with me here. Later, on the stairs, Yuki finds Toru. He calls to her from the bottom of the staircase, and she turns around, and then she tells him the student council is looking for him. Something about doing things by the book, she says. <laughs> what is she, Yuki's answering machine? Like, what the F? Both Haru and the student council are like, where's Yuki? Anyway, <laughs> uh, Honda-san, Yuki says, I can tie my necktie faster than I used to. And Toru looks a little surprised as he continues. And I can somehow button my shirt better. And my vegetables don't die as often. And I think I'm more comfortable talking to people now. And then we see him walking up the stairs as he continues to say, I know these are just little things, but by doing them, I think I'm getting closer to trying the things I couldn't stand before. 
even if it's just a little bit at a time. It's helping me to work through my issues. Maybe I'll be able to open up the lid I've closed so tightly without being swallowed up. Maybe someday I can become the person that I told Kisa I would become, he thinks. But I still have a long way to go, he continues out loud. Honda-san, I've worried you. I'm sorry. And Toru reacts with an exclamation point in a speech bubble. <laughs> she doesn't say anything, but she's shocked. And then, eh? You don't have to apologize. I just... And he says, I'm still so pathetic. There's still a lot that I'm not ready to tell you, Honda-san. And Toru's concerned with her hands clasped. But I will, little by little. I'll gain the courage to tell you, he thinks. Okay, she says, and they both smile. And this summer, Yuki continues, I think I'll spend a lot of time outside. Ah, oh, you mean, you think you could like summer, she says? Which is a reference to him saying that he didn't care for summer back in chapter 31, like before Kyo's true form was revealed, if you, mm-hmm. if you didn't catch that. Uh-huh, Yuki says, when I think about it, I realize that I might enjoy it. Fireworks and festivals and the ocean. It seems like I could build a lot of new memories with you, Honda-san. And then Toru blushes. Eh, you don't, er, you don't want to, he says. Eh, no, no, I, of course I want to, she says, freaking out in her typical Toru fashion. And then Yuki puts his arm on the railing beside her, and he turns to her and says, if you don't come along willingly, I'll kidnap you. You better watch out. And then Toru becomes a human blush, and <laughs> is simply shown with a kind of like question mark and two exclamation points in a speech bubble. Just kidding, Yuki smiles, but Toru's knees buckle, though, and then she falls backwards and conks her head on the railing of the stairs. Yuki asks if she's okay, and she says she was just surprised with swirly eyes. Yuki laughs what I assume was his genuine, like the ping pong scene at the onsen laugh, <laughs> as Toru continues to blush, and he apologizes, and he rubs the back of her head. <laughs> Pathetic, she thinks. Of course you're not, Yuki-kun. Yuki-kun and Kyo-kun are becoming more and more wonderful, Toru thinks. Everything about them, inside and out, is so wonderful that I'm afraid my heart will give out soon. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like when, when Kyo's like, I'll kill you. And Toru's like, don't, from the sidelines of whatever fight. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we cut to later with Kyo saying, why is Haru coming home with us? I was invited to dinner, he explains. So why is this going on? Kyo asks skeptically. Haru puts his arm over Yuki's shoulder and says, it's our little secret. Whatever. I was stupid for expecting a reason, Kyo says. <laughs> I kept Kyo's whole life is like walking into places and being like, why is this person here? Yeah, basically. <laughs> he wasn't involved in any of the chain of communication that happened during the day at school, basically, is what happened. <laughs> he was just like chilling in class and like studying because he's a nerd at heart. And then he was hanging out with his two friends and he's like, why is Haru here? <laughs> Kyo turns it's like every time there's like a new Soma at home, he's like, why is this person here? Yeah, what are you doing here? He says constantly. Yes. <laughs> Kyo turns to Toru and tells her to save dinner for him because today he's starting training at Shisho's, his three days a week of suspicious training. (laughs) But before Toru can finish wishing him good luck, Kagura shows up with a kick to the face, of course. I'm so happy you're not running away from me, she says, but of course she's holding up his leg and pinning him, so he can't. (laughs) Kagura has also decided to start going to Shisho's dojo again as well, it turns out. Kagura continues to sass Kyo and eventually drags him off to the dojo as he chibi cries, and Toru wishes them a safe trip. Gone like the wind, Haru says, and Yuki's like, I'm glad, looks like we'll be able to have a quiet dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Yuki's narration continues from earlier. There are times that we run to run away, but we're learning to cope. All of us. Unfortunately, it won't be a quiet dinner after all, it turns out, because Ayame (laughs) has come to Shigure's house bearing crab. (laughs) When they get home, they see him there. What do I have to hide, he says. Eat as much crab as you like. When I suddenly found myself in possession of all this magnificent crab, I knew that I simply must share it with Yuki, so I came here forthwith. There are only three men in this world who would go to such lengths for their younger brothers, and of course, number one among them is none other than myself. He holds up a crab claw and is like, ha ha ha, of course, as he normally does. (laughs) 
Oh my, what could be the matter, Yuki? Clearly you're gazing off into the distance. Of course I understand. Your eyes are spinning because of the matchless love of your older brother. Good luck, Yuki. Fight, Haru says. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the end of chapter 35. Ayame (laughs) is back. (laughs) Or else it's the end of the second chapter 34. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. If you're reading the Tokyo Bob version, it's the end of second chapter 34 that we haven't already covered, just to clarify. (laughs) That's right, you had a head start this week because you read it for last time. Yeah. (laughs) All right, chapter 36 opens with Yuki and Toru standing outside of a shop. For some reason, I'm suddenly very nervous. No, scratch that. I was nervous from the beginning, Yuki says. Eh, but it'll be all right. The outside of the shop is beautiful, Toru says, and then a page reveals that the sign says, Trust comes first. Ayame, value from the heart. Toru was like, and the sign is designed so gracefully. And Yuki is like, that sign is suspicious. Now I'm even more nervous. <laughs> Toru narrates that she's tagging along with Yuki to visit Ayame's shop. And then we see a flashback of how this all came to be. So I think this is the night, the last night, like when Ayame rode the crab, I would guess. Mm-hmm. Um, as yeah. if Ayame stayed there, basically. Ayame and Toru are chilling in the main room. And Yuki has asked if he can visit Ayame's shop. Yuki looks quite nervous, of course, like his arm is across his body, like he does sometimes when he's kind of uncomfortable. Maybe I could start to understand you a little better, Yuki says. And Toru smiles and thinks, Yuki-kun is trying to change his relationship with Yame-san. And Yame looks surprised. He doesn't say anything, but he suddenly runs off to Shigure, who is in the bath reading. And he <laughs> slams open the door and is like, listen to this, Gure-san. Yuki, yes, that Yuki came to me with tears in his eyes, saying that by all means he would like to come to visit my shop. And Yuki is like, dot, 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 in the background. <laughs> Has there ever been such a joyous day as this? No, I dare say there has not. Oh, it's too good to be true. And Yuki's like, Nisan. And then we see Ayame on the phone. Listen to this, Tori-san. Yuki, yes, that Yuki. Stop that, Yuki says. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, of course you're welcome. I would be honored. You may come as early as this Sunday, Ayame says. Er, Yuki says, and he's as he's like pulling the phone away from Ayame, which is okay. (laughs) And Toru, you must simply, Torukun, you must simply come too, Ayame says. Eh, she says. A prince must always have a princess by his side, Ayame says. That said, it would be perfectly fine if you did not come, Kyonkichi. Having popped into Kyo's room unexpectedly and uninvited <laughs> as Kyo lifts weights. Kyo is like, <laughs> what are you doing barging into my room and spouting off your nonsense? Get out. <laughs> Yuki confirms that Toru will come. To tell you the truth, I've wanted to check out. I've wanted to check it out for a while, Toru says. I wonder what kind of shop sells nurse and maid outfits. And then she smiles cheerfully as she says, I can't wait, while Yuki kind of <laughs> stares off into the distance and thinks, nurse, maid, what the... And there's a little author's note that graciously explains that he didn't know what Ayame's shop sold. <laughs> <laughs> this could all end very badly, Shigure says from the bathtub. <laughs> and then we cut to the present, and Toru and Yuki enter the store. We see kind of like rolls of fabric, and there's like a quilted square uh, hanging up, <clears throat> and what looks like like stuffed animals or something. And Yuki wonders if it's a craft shop. And then we see a woman with dark hair and glasses who wears a maid outfit. And she appears from, I don't know, the corner of the room and tells them that the store is closed. And Yuki is taken aback. Toru looks like all her dreams have come true. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, it is a maid outfit yeah, shop. Yeah, <laughs> wow. A real maid outfit. Wow. <laughs> it wasn't just a quilt shop after all. <laughs> Mine, we hear. And then she looks back about this hem and then we see Ayame peeking up from behind the corner and Yuki looking surprised Yuki he shouts running over in a full wedding dress holding a bouquet (laughs) something's coming something strange Yuki thinks (laughs) so good I'm like you don't need a bouquet for a fitting but whatever (laughs) maybe he's just trying to get into character (laughs) 
I think sometimes they do do that to like be like, oh, here's where it'll sit when you're holding the bouquet and stuff. <laughs> when you hold your arms like this, just so the back is yeah. too tight. <laughs> I mean, you're supposed to wear your shoes that you're going to wear, but I don't know if you need to bring a bouquet. <laughs> I think they do make you take photos with a bouquet. They're like, look how great your dress is. And you're like, thanks. I'm yeah. spending bajillion dollars. That was my recollection, at least. <laughs> my recollection was... Uh find the bridesmaid dress and then my mom going want to see the shoes and he's like oh yes and she shows them the chucks and they like <laughs> look like they had a small heart attack really <laughs> yeah you didn't go to the right shop <laughs> they should have been like that's amazing <laughs> also it's like don't they look at pinterest like it's not like i was the first person who did that <laughs> i thought you were gonna say like i remember being hot that's what i think of when i think of my wedding <laughs> frankly when we were in orlando recently i was like there's nothing compared to when we were wearing wedding dresses and like in suits in the middle of like 90 degree weather or whatever it was i remember really good red wine <laughs> I remember seeing vines of things that I did was not present for that were just like one was of you be <laughs> chugging the two glasses of wine or whatever <laughs> or stuff going do it do it do it or whatever it was really funny anyway <laughs> enough about my wedding this is about Ayame's customers <laughs> so later Yuki and Toru sit on a couch ha <laughs> ha Ayame laughs and says my apologies we were just hemming a wedding dress for that someone that a customer ordered should, it, should you be measuring it on a man? Yuki asks skeptically. But of course, the customer who ordered it is a man, Ayame clarifies. That dress is for a man, Yuki says from the dark corner of the room. <laughs> Ayame explains, everyone has one, two, or three secret gardens that they can't share with anyone. <laughs> one, two, or three. <laughs> so what is this shop, Yuki asks. And Ayame props up his elbow and he rests his head on his hand and says, Elementary, my dear brother, it's a shop for those who want their dreams fashioned to the finest handmade dressings, and for those whose fashion dreams of all dressing as handmaids. If you didn't catch that, it's like an extended pun. <laughs> <laughs> I, as owner of this establishment, will tailor any clothes that are ordered. No design is an enemy to me. And he whips out two dresses that show samples of his work. Wah, Toru says, and Yuki is just like, exclamation point. <laughs> A lot of Yuki's dialogue in this these two chapters is like dot 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 or like exclamation point. <laughs> it's fair. <laughs> it's it's true. Ayame is sweeping him away as he does. <laughs> Yuki's just trying to keep up. This time Toru is like on board with the whole situation, I feel yeah. like. <laughs> Obliviously, perhaps, but <laughs> Toru is like, so this is what Hatsaru-san was talking about. It's amazing. I am amazing, Ayame says. <laughs> he asks Yuki what Yuki thinks, and Yuki's like, why are why are they all those kinds of clothes? Because they're popular. Yuki looks <laughs> bored and Toru looks surprised as Ayame continues. Maids and nurses, waitresses and stewardesses, and secretaries, sailor suits and cat ears. There's too many to list. In these simple fashions, men chase their dreams and bring their romantic fantasies to life. There's no crime pursuing your dreams to escape the harsh reality of life. It's no different from the romantic urge to peek into a woman's bath. That's illegal, Yuki yells. <laughs> Fortunately for Yuki, the woman in the maid outfit has returned with tea. You seem to be having fun, she says. And she wonders why Ayame was, had closed the shop today, but of course it makes sense that now Ayame's little brother was visiting. He's exactly like you, boss, at least on the outside, she says. And then they chuckle a chorus of ha-ha-has. <laughs> <laughs> Pleased to meet you, Ototo-kun, she says, and introduces herself as Mine Kuramae. So she calls him little brother, which I think is cute. Mm -hmm. She works for Ayame's shop, and she helps him make clothes. Yuki tries to return her greeting, but then he's distracted and asks if her maid outfit is the store's uniform. Eh, oh no, she says. I'm wearing this because I like it. With a pose, leg up in the air, kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's cute, isn't it? It's adorable, Toru says, looking dazzled. Mine's glasses gleam as if she's had a great and terrible idea. 
probably the gleam that was on my glasses when I thought about starting this podcast with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I like to imagine it, at least. Say I was there. It's true. Ha ha ha. Stop, 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 slam. Yeah. <laughs> it's been bothering me for a while. You there, Mine shouts and points at Toru. Toru introduces herself, but Mine can barely keep her cool. She asks, are you interested in clothes like these? Would you like to wear them? Wouldn't you? You would, right? It seems it has begun, Ayame says. Mine clasps one of Toru's hands with an evil glint still in her glasses. Shall we try something on? Ayame explains that when Mine sees a cute girl, she has the tendency to want to change uh, to change her clothes. Nuki tries to stop her, but Mine drags Toru off um, to try on that one, as she and Ayame call it, <laughs> whatever the dress is that they want her to try on. <laughs> Inside the locked change room, Mine asks if Toru will play along. She was just trying to give the brothers some alone time. I just hope that they can talk without fighting, Toru says. Oh, a fight would be good. It's proof that they are actually acknowledging each other. Because what Boss is most afraid of is nothingness, Mine says. But I would like for them to avoid actually spilling blood. It would be a problem if it got on the merchandise, she says thoughtfully. Toru laughs and smiles a soft smile, and she thinks of Yuki and Kyo. She's right, Toru thinks. If people really acknowledge each other, sometimes they'll end up fighting. Putting that aside, Mine says, evil gleam in her glasses again. Let's change your clothes, shall we? And Toru's like, eh, really? And Mine is like, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Back outside, Ayame and Yuki are bonding, quote-unquote. <laughs> Ayame says that he heard from Shigure that Yuki has decided to become student council president, just like his big brother. And that's not why, of course, Yuki explains. He did it because he didn't want to. And Ayame doesn't understand, and he calls Yuki's motivation baffling. Yuki says, putting down his teacup, dejectedly, perhaps, I guess as someone like you it would be, just like how the shop is baffling. Our ways of thinking are too different. Maybe in the end we just don't see eye to eye. They have a back and forth about trying to see eye to eye, and in the end, Yuki sits back and sighs. You... what am I supposed to do? Ayame rests his head in his hand and says, forgive me. And Yuki opens his eyes in surprise and sits up. Ayame continues, I couldn't help it. I'm just overjoyed that you came. See, you were always so angry with me, and after how I treated you, I deserved it. It's not as if I've forgotten. So then we go into Ayame's um, internal monologue. He thinks, it's not as if I've forgotten... He remembers the time when Yuki was little and he reached out to him. The time This is the time that we saw back in chapter 21. Or if you listen to the anime episode, it was the time that was referred to in the anime when they're sitting at the restaurant. I was cruel and sensitive to your pain. The first and only time that you came to me for help, you reached out with those trembling hands. And I just brushed you off. It's not as if I've forgotten. To me, there was never any love or hate for Yuki. He was just nothing to me. But when I got older, I realized that you and I realized that Yuki might never be interested in having a relationship with me. For the first time, I felt terrifyingly lonely. And then we see a scene of Ayame resting his head on Mine's lap, eyes closed. And his narration continues, I finally knew how it felt to be treated like nothing. When I realized this, I was afraid that it was too late. And we see Ayame look up and Yuki looks back at him. But today Yuki looked at me. He listened to what I said and got angry. Even now you're sitting there trying to understand me. Ayame says out loud, even if we don't see eye to eye, even if we clash with each other, what's wrong with that? I'm sure that I have qualities that you don't have, and you have qualities I don't. We were born that way. I think the weakness and kindness that you have are very precious, and Yuki looks surprised. And I'm sure my unique charisma that has such an air of nobility is very precious to you, Yuki. And Yuki turns away and thinks, <laughs> like I was saying, this man is so... But then his thoughts are interrupted by Mine, who has found a suitable outfit for Toru. Come out forthwith, Ayame says. And Mine is like, you heard him, Toru-chan. Come out forthwith, <clears throat> and drags her out of the change room. Toru comes out in a delicate-looking frilly dress with matching bows, kind of smiling sheepishly. What do you think, she asks. 
Yuki's eyes are wide. <laughs> C'est magnifique, Ayame says. Toto-kun really does become the sweet, pure image of a girl holding a white lace parasol, leading a white dog, mm-hmm. drinking English tea, reading poetry by a white window with white lace curtains, Mine adds. Everything is white <laughs> in this fantasy. <laughs> Come on, Yuki, give her praise, Ayame commands, and Yuki is like, huh? Ayame is like, what is this? And when a girl's dressed up so charmingly, too, how disappointing. In that case, I will give her a kiss to express my delight, he says, and he grabs Toru's chin, surprising her. Don't, Yuki shouts. And then Yuki, kind of fuming, takes Toru away. He hit me, Ayame says, and we see like a little <laughs> X band-aid that's visible on his head, and they're chuckling. He and Mine are chuckling. He compliments Mine's fine work with Toru, and she says, I'm honored, and bows, which is really cute. Mine asks him how things went with Yuki, and Ayame says he doesn't know. Looking thoughtful, Ayame wonders if in the end, maybe he was the only one who felt happy about it, and Mine smiles an encouraging smile at him. We cut to the couch where Yuki and Toru are sitting. Yuki looks exhausted, and he tells her that he was able to learn one thing about his brother, that everything he says and does is complete nonsense. <laughs> he looks forlorn, and he adds, he's like an unstoppable force of nature. It's useless to fight. When I try, I just get exhausted. I see, Toru says nervously. <laughs> In spite of that, Yuki says, I'm glad I came. And he thinks of Ayame's smile from earlier, and Yuki smiles too. And then he looks up at Toru. Besides, if I hadn't come, I wouldn't have gotten to see you looking so cute. And then Toru freaks out, of course, as usual, blushing and holding up her hands and says, no, um, not at all. And then Yuki scoots closer to her on the couch and he puts his arm behind her and she hides her face. And then Yuki smoothly says, don't hide it. Romance, you see, Ayame says, <laughs> popping out of nowhere right beside Yuki and patting his shoulder. <laughs> the feeling that has sprouted in your heart is what we call a man's first romantic fantasy. A man is a being whose heart is swayed by a single costume after all. And Yuki is like, what? This is good. I understand, of course. I understand this wonderful day shall be known as the day of Yuki's romantic fantasy. <laughs> Cut it out, Yuki says, standing and grabbing Ayame by the shirt. They are fighting after all, Mine says. <laughs> Toru smiles as they continue to argue. You'll watch over them, won't you, Mine asks, and Toru says yes. In the last panel of the chapter, Hattori tries to read clinical records and he holds the phone away from his ear as Ayame shouts excitedly, And what happened next, you ask? It became the day of Yuki's first romantic fantasy when we saw Torukun in her lovely dress. You just imagine Torukun in her lovely dress, didn't you? Shameful. Don't put me on the same level of Shigure, Hattori says. <laughs> and that's the end of chapter 36. And the end of volume six. Yeah, it is the end of volume six. Woo, we did it. Just chugging along. Yeah, yeah. It's the end of, um, I'm just checking, it's the end of the third collector's edition as well, if you're reading one of the collector's edition. <clears throat> Where should we begin? <laughs> a bit of a easing back into lightheartedness after, uh, after the, the last chapters. Correct. It is. It's a, I mean, when it's a Yame, it's a hard slam into lightheartedness, yeah. really. Well, I think the chapter before kind of eased you into Ayame. And then... Yeah. <laughs> I like how he just shows up out of nowhere with Crab. He's like, I know what to do when Yuki's As sad. You do. I'll bring him crab. <laughs> I mean, that would make me happy. <laughs> I would be fine with it. <laughs> it just shows his thoughtfulness in bringing snacks, I guess. Yeah. He knows <laughs> the importance of snacks, just like Momiji. Yes, it's true. Momiji hasn't had any snacks recently, which is a little sad. He did have some, he was getting some candy in that panel where Haru said he was annoying, so he left him in class. Oh, <laughs> good. <laughs> One of his classmates was giving him candy. Nice. So. <laughs> That's a mistake on the classmate's part, because now he's getting yeah. hyper. <laughs> but whatever. Maybe they do it on purpose. I was also really excited that Kyo damaged the house. I wasn't expecting yeah. it. 
So for anyone playing along at home, it's the roof one time, the table one time, the doors five times. That was what killed damage <laughs> this time. The wall by the front door was Kagura, the front door by Kagura, and then the fence where Shisho pushed Kyo into the fence at the end of uh, chapter 34. <laughs> I honestly thought after for those couple of chapters, I thought we were never going to see it again. And then we've been blessed <laughs> for the last like couple. There's been a couple of times. so been blessed by the property damage fairy. Yay. <laughs> My favorite fairy. <laughs> and also we got a ghosty silent panel, as I pointed out. So <laughs> it's just everything that I wanted. <laughs> Okay, I have things to talk about. Unless you want to start. Actually, I want you to start. <laughs> I like it when you start. <laughs> okay. Um, start with small things. Kyo's training at the dojo again. Mm-hmm. So is Kagura. Yeah, much to chagrin, perhaps. Yeah. Um, but not living there. No. Shisho said that he didn't want him to live there. And I think Kyo mm-hmm. accepted that at the end of chapter 34 or whatever. Yeah. But it's nice that he's got a... A hobby, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was training all this time, but I'm not yeah. sure. And also, it's nice a, that he has... a uh, what do you call it? Like a, a... stable, not the right word, but like a, a routine. Yes, I guess. I don't know. A routine. A uh... yeah, he has like a I don't know regular training. Structured. <laughs> yes, a structured structured hobby. Hobby. <laughs> yes. It's like when you're in school and they're like, "Oh, you gotta join clubs to get things on your resume," and you're like, "But I do stuff." <laughs> no, it doesn't count unless you're in a club. <laughs> I joined so many clubs that I didn't go to. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's also nice that he is going to get to spend time with Shisho again, because Shisho hasn't gone for, like, a year, right? Mm-hmm. And it's basically, like, his father figure. So it's nice that they yeah. get to rekindle their relationship after a year of being apart, which is nice. Yeah. Shisho is the responsible adult that he needs in his life, unlike Shigure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, a lot of Chapter 35 is kind of about Yuki's reaction to the true form arc, mm-hmm. which is interesting. He kind of vague on like his exact reaction mm-hmm. yeah he even says like he's trying to like kind of keep things he says put a lid on it and kind of keep his feelings kind of concealed conceal don't feel yes yes <laughs> um. yuki you need to let it go <laughs> yeah yuki i think even he's not like fully acknowledging whatever he's feeling right now the line that he says is like the the true the form the thing and the other stuff like i can't remember exactly yeah. what he says but there's like it alludes to something beyond that too so i thought that was interesting yeah and yeah he definitely kind of feel like it. i don't think this is quite spoilery i kind of feel like the true former kind of acts as a kick in the pants for yuki mm-hmm. and i think part of it might be like he's like kyo is dealing with all of this shit i can deal with my shit mm-hmm. <laughs> in like kind of his own way it's funny it must like i feel like maybe it's stirring up some kind of like visceral feeling for him as well because mm-hmm. I want to talk about Yuki throwing away Kyo's chopsticks. Mm-hmm. So I mean I think he's just being a dick or throwing away his chopsticks yeah. after they touched Kyo's. Mm-hmm. But I think it's interesting because um obviously this is immediately after the true form. So is he just like reacting to Kyo like being gross? Is this some kind of like uh because it is weird it's like immediately and then he's just like I'm going to keep hating you and hating you. Like they have this weird like argument yeah. where they circle back to the same feelings that they've been mm-hmm. hitting on all this time. Yeah, I feel like he's kind of, like, deliberately enforcing the, like, no, I hate you kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, I think he might have been maybe feeling some other feelings, maybe some sympathy or something like that, and kind of is kind of confused about all of his feelings right now, so kind of doubling down on the old standby. Yeah. It's actually, like, the same thing that happened to Kyo when Mm -hmm. Shigure was teasing him, right? He's like, well, this was after... Is that the time that he remembered Yuki being sick? When he remembered Yuki 
coffin can't remember yeah i think that was included i think it's all the same scene so like Mm -hmm. he's like you act as if you're you um you're supposed to hate him or whatever and then Mm -hmm. kill runs off so this is like almost the same reaction from you from the other side yeah i feel like that kind of that hatred is almost like a sort of a touchstone for them Mm. to kind of root themselves back in rather than try and deal with it it's their default reaction and relationship Mm-hmm. like it's the easiest thing for them to just say they hate each other and not acknowledge anything about each other yeah it would be harder for yuki to sit to have <laughs> feelings about kyo having to deal with his true form or about you know kyo having compassion for yuki in his weakened state as well like they mm-hmm. that would that would cause them to have to like feel some feelings <laughs> which is hard for them yeah you know, they're struggling with mm-hmm. that also funnily enough i was trying to google like uh Bad luck chopstick breaking. I found a couple <laughs> articles about like chopstick Ch- waste. Chopsticks. Chopstick no, about like waste. chopstick waste, <laughs> like disposable chopsticks yeah. in countries like Japan. And so I was like, oh, wasteful. I'm surprised <laughs> that he didn't just go get some. Like, I'm surprised he threw them out. Like, they must have reusable chopsticks. Like, yeah. I like how he then goes out of his way to get disposable ones too, which yeah. is really funny and weird and like kind of mean. But yeah. And then I guess, so interestingly, on that note, we haven't talked about it in a while but we finally have another scene of them eating together so like, mm-hmm. we once again return to this kind of like space where they're supposed to be getting to know each other more and they're actively fighting against each other and like reinforcing the relationship that they've been trying to keep over time the one where they mm-hmm. hate each other and that's the only thing that there is to their relationship um, and then Kyo stomped off again before finishing so we had mm-hmm. kind of the whole meal was interrupted and any like kind of opportunity they had to grow together was interrupted. So mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. It hasn't happened for a little while. It's just another kind of example of that that we can see. Um, I think talking. So you started. We started this kind of chain of discussion by talking about how Yugi feels. Um, his his. We see his reaction to the true form scenes. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was interesting some of the things that he said when he was talking to Haru. Like he said he's fighting his feelings, and Haru was like, "You're fighting them," which was kind mm-hmm. of interesting. And he was kind of like. Haru was like, you don't, I'm not telling you what to do with your life or anything, but don't make other people worry with your feelings, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then I thought it was interesting how he thinks, Yuki thinks that Kagura is strong. Like, what he interpreted her from her running away was that she's strong. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. that that's the case at all. She, like, bailed out before she had to deal with anybody, right? Mm-hmm. It's the hallmark of a person who doesn't want to deal with stuff. At least that's how I felt about it. I think it might have, like, realized that she already knew about this. Mm. And had been dealing with that knowledge without, like, showing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's probably we did, true. Yeah, but we did see Kagura mention the true form earlier. So. Yeah, she asked about it before and, it transformed. Yeah, and even Toru says, like, she seemed like she already knew about it. Mm-hmm. So. She acted like she already knew about it, Toru thinks. Mm-hmm. I guess another thing that's interesting about people knowing about the true form is that Ayame shows up after with the crab. So <laughs> I wonder... If, like, Shigure told him something happened, or if he actually told him that that Yuki knows about his true form or something, or about Kyo's true form, like, I wonder if Ayame knows as well. Like, mm-hmm. I wonder how much he knows about what happened. I wonder how much he knows about why he, why did he decide to come there, I guess. Yeah. That's conjecture, I mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think it'd be interesting to know if Ayame knows about his true form or not. I feel like the older ones probably do. Probably. Well, probably Shigeru was like, let me tell you what happened after that yeah. time with um, when Ayame, or sorry, when Kyo transformed in front of Akito and Shigeru yeah. was there. 
mm-hmm. conspicuously. I bet Shigeru went and told everybody about it. Probably. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, on some lighter notes, Haru is really great in this chapter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's so nice. Yeah. I love it. He's he, cute. he goes around and he like I like how he just like it's like what he did for um again like we when Ayame was there the first time like we just talked about in the anime break. Um, Haru was like, I get it. <laughs> and he told Hattori to go and get Ayame and, and, uh, from Shigure's mm-hmm. house because Yuki was uncomfortable. And this time mm-hmm. he noticed that he was uncomfortable. And so then he went and talked to Toru. And then he knows Toru was uncomfortable. So then he went and talked to Yuki. So mm-hmm. Haru was like orchestrating a lot behind the scenes this time. And it was really sweet. Yeah. He does. He looks out for people a lot, which Yuki even says, like, you're always worrying about other people. Yes. Like we've seen it before with him, like, even him, like, defending Momiji to the the dick school president yeah. guy and uh, Makoto. Yeah. <laughs> Not Mako Matoko. <laughs> yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he in this episode yeah. he was really nice. And it's nice that he has like a relationship with Toru. Mm-hmm. Aside of away from the others, which is cute. Yeah. They have a cute little relationship. It's usually kind of background stuff, like in the like keys of the chapters when and he's like, like she's like drying him off and he's like bandaging her hand <laughs> yeah. and stuff. It's really cute. But, yeah. It's very sweet. They seem, to, they seem to get along. <laughs> it's something that I didn't really like notice that much in the first, you know, whatever times that I read through this, and now that mm-hmm. I like, pay attention to it. It's something that I pay attention to. Or, like, I see it now more. Clearly. Yeah. I think it's funny how... So I made a joke about Toru being Yuki's answering machine, but I also think it's interesting how, like, people know that she's close to him, so maybe this is, like, building on what we talked about in the kind of, like, Yuki fan, fan cub chapter. Like, all the Yuki mm-hmm. girls were like, we have to get rid of Toru because she's getting close to Yuki. And I think it's interesting that, like, in this chapter, someone, like, it, what's implied is that someone from the student council told her that they were looking for Yuki. So like, mm-hmm. other people see that she's close to Yuki as well, which is interesting. Yeah. It's something that's developed to a point where people can see that, mm-hmm. which I think is cute and interesting. I yeah. Don't know. She's like everyone's answering machine because at the beginning, when Yuki, what are they arguing about? <laughs> <laughs> like, she... three days a week is suspicious, but don't ask me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was really funny. Shigure is like, do you know Torukun? Like he also asked if he knew. She, yeah. she knew why he was training three days a week. It's like she doesn't know everything. <laughs> Speaking of Toru, it was interesting how she was like, "Oh, I want to ask them about his true form, but I don't know if it's something that will touch on something uncomfortable or whatever with the others." Mm-hmm. There's not that much to say about it, I think, but I just thought it was interesting that she kind of like pointed that out, like how hesitant she's getting, like deeper and deeper into the family's, you know, like dark secrets. And now she's also maybe becoming a little bit isolated because she knows stuff that other people might not know, even within the family. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was an interesting development just to actually see her say that, like, say it like that. I never thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, on another happy note, I think it was nice that Ayame was so overjoyed that Yuki came to his shop. It was very yeah, sweet. It's cute. <laughs> he's like, I'm just happy that you're here. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's cute that he's like, it was like, he like even apologizes that he's like going overboard, but he's just so happy. Yeah. <laughs> it's cute. It's something that Yuki needs to learn to accept about him, which is yeah. that Ayame, Ayame, you know, he's kind and he cares, but he just, like, can't control himself. Like, that's mm-hmm. his weakness as a character, right? So that's why he shows up with Crab. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I have to do something. I know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I love my brother so much. I can't contain it. I'll bring Crab. <laughs> I can't contain it. I like how he's like, there are three people in all the land who would do such a nice thing for their brother. And I'm like, what are you, who are you talking about? <laughs> It's not so objective as the time when he was like, there are three people that I make tea for. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a weirdo. Anyway, <laughs> what a charming weirdo. 
Um, I really enjoy his uh, relationship with Mine too. Uh, yes. They're just like on, they're just like on the same page. Like <laughs> no one else is on Ayame's page, but Mine is. <laughs> Mine, I think, understands Ayame at a deep spiritual level. <laughs> Nobody yeah. else does. Not even Shigure. Not even Atori. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they have a couple of joint ha-ha-has yeah, together. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like that's what's implied by the by the drawing. It's like, they're like, ha-ha, yeah. oh, you found a good dress for her, ha-ha-ha. And like, <laughs> he hit me, ha-ha-ha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mine seems very, and like Mine, it's charming how Mine is so, like, almost involved with trying to, trying to get them to, Yuki and Ayame to connect, which is very sweet, yeah. too. Like she, and it's obvious Ayame is, like, confided in her a lot because she knows, like, all the details of the situation. He laid on her lap. They clearly yeah. have a close relationship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, it's clear. And then she calls him little brother, which is sweet too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that it's yeah. They Mina is very invested in them trying to uh, become closer and has a clearly has a close relationship with Ayame. So. Mm-hmm. And she seems nice herself. I feel like she also seems like the kind of person who's kind of like empathetic, like Toru is. Mm-hmm. Like they're kind of on the same page too. Yeah. And Ayame <laughs> said he looks up to people like that, so it makes mm-hmm. sense that he get along with Mine too. Yeah, you're right. But she seems like a troublemaker, which is also probably really yes. <laughs> something that Ayame admires about her. <laughs> Ayame an enabler. Yeah, basically. I think they enable each other. Probably. <laughs> seems like. I like how Toru is like overjoyed at being in a place that sells like made of yeah. and stuff. And Yuki is mortified. So, so innocent, innocently enthralled by the whole thing. She's like, like you can tell by her expression when she comes in, she's like, wow, maid, wow. Like I said earlier. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, I should probably. It's really cute though because she seems to like really respect the like the handicraft of the. Yes. <laughs> of the dresses and everything. She's like, they're amazing when yeah. he's like showing, uh, showing them off. It has nothing to do with sexuality in any way yeah. for her. <laughs> Yeah, she just thinks they're really, really nice dresses. And Yuki's like, you made this dress for a man, and like, it's really yeah. not on board with the whole situation at all. <laughs> I guess getting to that, it's a good point to bring up some of the things. I feel like um, this whole conversation with them at the shop, where they're talking about that, like the dresses and what Ayame does and stuff, and also their conversation, like Yuki's conversation with Ayame after, Yuki, or Ayame is like, um, you know, maybe we were just born that way or we have these different traits or whatever. And then yeah. talking about how people all have different secrets and desires and whatever, and that it's fine. All of them are fine and he accepts them. Mm-hmm. I think it's, again, hitting on some of the themes that we've seen so far of identity and kind of accepting yourself and others and recognizing and celebrating other people's strengths rather than envying them or hating them. So mm-hmm. there was a lot of that in this chapter. Yeah, I do think the whole, like, situation with Ayama and Yuki about, like, trying to meet halfway is obviously it's been paralleled with Yuki and Kyo before mm-hmm. um, so there's like a strong the other thing it was just about like like in the Yuki and Kyo tra- uh, situation it's more about like like admiring rather than envying mm-hmm. other people's traits and this is more just kind of like accepting like other people's traits mm-hmm. accepting that they might be different yeah because I don't think like Yuki necessarily like <laughs> he admires wants how to have those, <laughs> those traits <laughs> that- <laughs> That Ayame has, but it's more just about accepting that Ayame is who he is, and Ayame accepting that Yuki is who he is, and yeah. everything. It's like, uh, it's like Tori said, Yuki's not ready to make those concessions yet, or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's not ready to, he, you know, I don't know. Teenagers have a specific point of view. We all know that. Yeah. They have a <laughs> narrow world view, right? And mm-hmm. I think what Tori is saying is like, you know, you can't push him to have, be more open-minded. In this chapter, Yuki's trying to be more open-minded, and I think it's about mm-hmm. trying to, even if you don't understand where someone's coming from, at least accepting that that's where they're coming from. Yeah. Essentially. I also think the the conversation about how, like, what Ayame fears most is nothingness, as opposed to, mm. like, actual disagreement. 
is a pretty interesting thing. Yeah, there's an interesting concept in this chapter of people being like, a lot of people say it, like Mine says it too. If It's like, even if you're fighting, you're still acknowledging what the person is saying. Like, you're not just completely mm-hmm. ignoring them. Um, yeah. That's what Ayame says he fears most, I guess. Yeah, and there's like a kind of saying you hear sometimes when people say like the opposite of love isn't hate, it's like indifference. That's true. Hate, I mean, like, things like fighting and, like, hating someone, I guess, you have to have at least... You have to have an emotion. <laughs> yeah, you have to have an emotion. Like, there has to be, you know, anger or fear or something behind that. Yeah. Um, and that has to be... You have to have reacted to something that they've done. If Indifference is not... Mm-hmm. Is not... And ignoring someone is not... Like you said, it's not the opposite of hate. So, yeah. But I feel like that makes sense. Yeah. It's an interesting kind of social commentary that's coming through on the part of, like, uh, coming from Takaya, right? So mm-hmm. another one of those. I think um no, we didn't get we didn't get any Toru's mom dialogue in this in this chapter. But I think no, it's no. kind of hitting on this like you can meet each other halfway, which was in the the first yeah. chapter with Ayame or the first two yeah. or whatever. Yeah, Toru brings it up a couple times. She's like, Oh, he's trying to meet halfway when <laughs> The <laughs> when rift he's... the rift, she says. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's trying to meet him halfway. This is an opportunity for him to meet him halfway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is nice that Yuki makes that effort. He's trying. Yeah, I thought it was like really instead nice of he... yeah, like instead of just responding to everything Ayame does, he actually makes it makes the first step in this situation. He's like, maybe if I go to a shop, I'll understand something about him. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was the case, but <laughs> he certainly yeah. he certainly tried, right? Yeah, he says he's glad he came in the end. Mm-hmm. I think he remembers. He acknowledges that that Ayame is trying as well. Like he remembers yeah. that face from that one scene that Ayame made, mm-hmm. smiling. Yeah, I think at the end, there's definitely, like, an awareness that, mm-hmm. like, his brother's efforts are genuine, even if they're maybe a little misguided. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think like, so Yame is like, well, maybe I was the only one who thought it was, felt good about it. But I don't think that's, I don't know, I think he probably recognizes that Yuki got something out of it. I don't think he's so insecure mm-hmm. that he didn't notice that. So, yeah. Yeah, it seems like it was a good thing for both of them, at least mm-hmm. to understand they're acknowledging each other. Yeah. Brothers bounding. Yeah, brothers bounding. Or brothers bondage, <laughs> if you prefer. <Yeah. laughs> uh, so another on another kind of like downer note, um, which I thought was really interesting, is that in Ayame's memory of the time when Yuki... Um, sorry, we're bouncing around a lot between things that are funny and things that are sad. But <clears throat> in Ayame's memory of when Yuki reached out to him and like grabbed his arm, it looks like the same outfit as the flashback where Akito covers um, Yuki's eyes from the chapter with Haru. Mm. I could send you pics later to confirm this, but <laughs> it looks like it's the same like little sweater shirt combo that Yuki was wearing as a little kid. So I guess it was around the same time. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, I, I think it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it definitely seems the same as that other chapter. So it's at least kind of like I don't know. For me, it seems like it's putting it in the same time period. Yeah. Um, for sure. But I'm not sure if there's something else like deeper that that's communicating. It just definitely I was like that outfit looks familiar, and it's also mm-hmm. very similar to the scene where. Um, they're talking about if he enjoyed martial arts or not, and then Nikito covers his eyes. Yeah. You know the extremely creepy scene from the anime. Yeah. <laughs> if you're watching the <laughs> new anime. <laughs> so yeah, I thought that was an interesting thing that I noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's everything that I took note of. Yeah, that's everything that I noticed. These chapters. That's not spoilery. Yeah, yeah those are my non-spoilery things. There was actually a lot of. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got so, some new. New relationships, new developments on old relationships. Mm-hmm. Seeing Yuki's reaction to the curse is really, or to the true form is really interesting because mm-hmm. um, 
<clears throat> we didn't get it, and then we didn't get Kagura's, but then we kind of saw like how he talked to Kagura, so we got a little bit about it. So, yeah, it was an interesting, yeah. good follow up to those four chapters that we just read. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Next time, we'll be reading chapters thirty nine and forty. Woo! So you can see us, which is the beginning of what volume seven? Volume seven, which has Satori on the front. Ooh! Oh, you checked this time. <laughs> yes. Good. When we guessed that it was Kagura, we were right that one time, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> two for two. <laughs> okay. We'll, uh, like I said many times recently, you can follow us, or you can uh, you can find us, or send us notes at citygetherpodcast.com, citygetherpodcast on Tumblr, on Twitter. Um, you can email us directly. You can leave ratings and reviews. It's helpful for people finding this podcast. Maybe I'll go for a couple of episodes without saying this. Now I've said it for a couple. <laughs> anyway. No, promote. <laughs> must promote. <laughs> we have a lot of Tumblr followers now. Recent, something must have No, it's crazy. It's really, it's so crazy. Recently, like a bunch of... In a good way. In a good way. It's awesome. Like recently, while we were traveling together recently, it was like every day there was like one or two more or like three more. And I was like, mm-hmm. what is happening? Like there's so many. Something must have happened. But... I can't figure it out. Maybe we're just popular. I don't know. <laughs> just so good. <laughs> Definitely don't make jokes about nads or whatever. <laughs> That's the best part. What are you talking about? I expect our follower count to skyrocket. <laughs> <laughs> good. Well, I'll just keep making like, uh, like, typos. yeah, typo jokes and then we'll just keep getting followers. Anyway, thank you all. Of course, always for listening. We really appreciate it for all your support. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> all right. We're back to talk about spoilers. Oh, I didn't say stay fruity like I was supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> or stay together like I was supposed to. I was told, I told my husband about it and he said, you should say stay together And I was like, don't. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about spoilers. Um, yeah. Did you say no? <laughs> <laughs> no, I said, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the opposite of no. no. Let's not talk about spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes and no are ambiguous in English, right? So <laughs> we can do whatever <laughs> we want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean... <laughs> So, <laughs> can we talk about, um, I want to start by talking about what we were talking about before in a non-spoiler way, which was, uh, the last thing we talked about, which was, um, the way that Yuki's outfit in Ayame's flashback, which was the same as his flashback from Haru, the chapter with Haru, where Toru asked him about martial arts. Mm-hmm. This is also the outfit when his mom drops him off, right? Is that the other thing that you're referring to? Or the other... The other he wears yeah it, it like seems like it's in a couple of those kind of like key um, scenes when he's really little yeah i think like when he's in the yeah we dropped off at the ketos and yeah like when his mom first kind of drops him off and they're like walking through the main house i think actually i'm opening it now and he's in a little suit jacket oh, okay scene, so. <laughs> never mind <laughs> it's got the little collar so it seems like it's the same outfit but it is the out yeah but it does show him here with ayave in the flashback yeah it's definitely the same one as that one time. So I think it... But yeah, I think it might be his, his like winter school uniform. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Because he went to the different school from the other kids. And yes. you see him in like the little suit jacket thing. <laughs> yeah. But like he's also got like a little tie and collar. 
Oh, yeah, that's true. Maybe it is. Maybe it is this little school uniform for when he was a little kid. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, that exact outfit with the sweater you see in the flashback with Ayame, that flashback from the Haru chapter, yes. and the flashback where he's talking to Kyo outside in the snow. Yes. Yes. That's the one that we we're referring to. Mm-hmm. We talked about that scene in the last episode when we talked about the anime, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was like, that sounds familiar from two seconds ago, half an hour ago. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's conspicuously the same. Like, it's all around the same time. Yeah. I think it's interesting. He's dealing with a lot of shit at that age. <laughs> Apparently, because also like, so it's interesting because like, Ayame says it's the the first and only time that you reached out for, to help for help from me. Hmm. And it, it's interesting that Yuki... So he reached out to Ayame when he was little, and then he reached out to Shiguri when he was much, much older. Like, when he was mm-hmm. maybe in middle school or something, from what it looks like. Yeah. So, poor Yuki. He suffered so much. Mm-hmm. And the reason I have this exact chapter at hand is because as soon as Yuki started talking about the lid on his feelings, I was mm-hmm. like, I remember that exact phrase. Yes. <laughs> and I have in my notes, first reference to the lid, quote-unquote. Yeah. <laughs> So what happens and, in that chapter? Well, this is the chap. This is the couple of chapters where he has the full flashback of his whole childhood, and it's when he's like talking to Kakeru. Mm. Um, but in here, when he talks about the lid specifically, he says that right that during the true form arc, when he saw Toru go after Kyo, that's when he first had the "I was looking for a mother" in her realization, mm-hmm. and panicked about it. Mm-hmm. And so that's obviously part of what he's talking about in this chapter here. When he's talking about putting a lid on his feelings. Yeah, I'm just thinking about what he said. In, in which part? The current chapter? In the current like chapter it. that we're talking about. Like, how does it relate to that? <clears throat> like, he's, I guess, because he saw them together, and so he had that, he's looking for a mother and her, but then how does that relate to this? Because this is, like, him reacting to the, I guess he's just reacting to that and the true form. It says, like... Well, it's like what he says in the, in this, like, flashback thing much later. Mm. He's talking about, like, you know, all his crappy childhood and the mm. things that he was looking for and everything and saying that he found found that those feelings in Toru mm-hmm. and he says he says it's got flashbacks of the true form arc here it says I feel like for some reason I realized it that night that night Kyo transformed I noticed something as she ran after him she had the form of a real woman I wonder why did I see her that way why was I struck so intensely by that hmm. the form of a real woman <laughs> I wonder what that means like not a girl like I think old, it's, yeah, it's just like, yeah, he says, before she was someone of the opposite sex, she really was more like a mother to me, and that's what I'd been looking for. And then he says, like, but I panicked when I realized I was thinking of her that way. I got confused. The whole thing was mm. embarrassing. I didn't want to admit it. Mm-hmm. I pretended not to realize at first anyway. I put a lid on my feelings. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And what I think is interesting looking back at it is, like, considering that that's when he first had that thought. Is he is extremely flirty toward Toru in these two chapters? After. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but I think he's confused. Like this whole yeah, the whole. Well, I think that's like, the whole thing where yeah. he talks about like being confused and trying to like deny it. Yeah, he's going like, no, that's not it. It's just it's this. It's like a normal romantic teenage attraction. Yeah, <laughs> I think that she. Yeah, when he's like, I saw her like a woman. He's like, <clears throat> or whatever that she had the form of a of a woman. It's like I. Yeah, he recognized something about her that's like feminine or whatever like i guess um what's the word i'm looking for archetypically archetypically archetypally <laughs> feminine <laughs> like more of a mother type mm-hmm. rather than and someone who he's just a, a person who 
yeah, like a, a feminine person who has that kind of like caring attitude that I guess you could typically associate with, you know, a mother type. So, but then like, I think that Yuki, there's this whole part of his character arc that where he confuses that feeling. He thinks that it's like lust, but what it really mm-hmm. is, is just actually being close to someone who cares about you because he never mm-hmm. experienced that before. Yeah. So I can see how that could be very confusing, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Toru is kind to him and treats him just like everybody else. And that yeah. is probably a little confusing. But I guess maybe what he sees is like, I think, doesn't Toru later say that that's when she started having feelings for Kyo? Or is it later? I forget. She's like, I knew I wanted I him to come back. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it is, mm-hmm. though. Someone's going to correct Yeah, it's on definitely that. really it's a turning point for all three of them. Yeah. Yeah. I, think I keep wanting for... to make an Arrested Development joke when we're talking about like Yuki being confused about his jokes. It's like the feeling was friendship, but he had never felt it before. <laughs> you can make Arrested Development jokes. I just won't laugh, but other people will. Yeah. <laughs> or I'll laugh, but it won't be like, because I know it's Arrested Development. Um, <laughs> it's funny because, yeah, I don't know. So that this time, the, t- the true form <clears throat> arc, you can apply on the surface that they're all kind of like depressed because of the things that we were hinting at in the non-spoiler discussion, like Yuki knows, Yuki sees that Kyo is dealing with this thing and Kyo knows that Yuki's dealing with other stuff. But like mm-hmm. the interesting thing about it is like, I think it actually spurred a lot of like, this is the point where they start to have more, their feelings romantically and otherwise start to develop for each other. Mm-hmm. It's like a point of them maturing, I guess, in the series for yeah. a lot of reasons. Like Yuki also tries to, like you can see that he's trying to, do things that he's uncomfortable with it's not necessarily i think that he's motivated by that moment specifically but they're at a point they're at an age i guess or they're at a point in this story and all three of their arcs where they're all trying to do things that make them uncomfortable to like grow as people yeah or maybe having yeah. it forced upon them in kyo's case yeah. or whatever <laughs> yeah like i said i think it serves as like a kick in the pants for yuki but i think it's kind of that for like everybody seems like it kyo too like he you know, he says that he's going back to train. I think it's not just because Cosmo's back. I think it's because he also, like, he has a renewed kind of sense of purpose after this. Like, something that was heavily weighing on him all the time that he was there, which was worrying. And mm-hmm. then she would find out about, Tori would find out about this and reject him. I mean, there's still other bigger things coming between their character development. Like, he's still worried about Kyoko, which we saw mm-hmm. in the Valentine's Day chapter yeah. or slash episode, anime episode that came out recently, too. Um, but it's definitely a big weight lifted off of him. It sounds. It seems like it from the way that he acts. Like he seems even like you can tell in the way it's drawn and stuff. At the end of chapter thirty four, like he looks super relieved. He's like smiling. He's really happy mm-hmm. to spend time with Kasuma. He's happy to. He was like demonstrating the fighting with him to Toru, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and even in this chapter, he is trying to make an effort to be more <laughs> mature, even if it doesn't last that long. Nah. <laughs> well, it won't, because they're still gonna pick on each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how they do. It is. It's how they cope with not yeah. having being able to you know like to be empathetic you really have to <clears throat> give up some of yourself and i think mm-hmm. that you can kill just can't like they don't actually have the they don't have the space the emotional space to do that at this point in time mm-hmm. they will yeah. but yeah and one of my favorite things to- at the like very end of the series is when they're like picking on each other but it's actually friendly yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's true and I think it's cute. Toru also pointed it out. She commented on it. Where she's like, you can feel her becoming so wonderful inside and out. And I was like, ooh, out? <laughs> so, see what you're thinking about. <laughs> but, I mean, she commented on how much they're changing, I think. So. Mm-hmm. And, of course, she doesn't see that she's also changing as well. But Yeah. Um, 
I think it was commented on earlier that she, she like it, she commented on earlier. I think that she used to get worried about their fighting. This is like a reference to the lake when they go to the lake, mm-hmm. the good old Jason chapter, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where she was like, I used to be worried about your fighting, but now I recognize it's just like how you are or whatever. When she start, when she was spending time with Mine in the shop, Mine was like, well, if they fight, it means they're, if they fight, it means they're acknowledging each other at least. Mm-hmm. So we get like another spin on that too. Yeah. And we were talking about uh, Haru being a good guy in this chapter. Mm-hmm. But I also, when it talked about him, you keep mentioning that he's always worrying for others. It made me think of later Rin stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. It's coming so soon. <laughs> I was also like, Haru knows about sex. <laughs> I guess he just yeah. doesn't know about cosplay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's a reference to the anime episode. <laughs> I think we should be <laughs> blending a little bit because we're talking about Ayame still. But yeah. <laughs> Haru caring for other people, obviously, like Rin comes up as is obviously a person that he cares for deeply and and spends a lot of his energy on. So mm-hmm. I'm excited for that. Yeah, we discussed. I have a note that says we. So we discussed in the episode with Ayame before. Um, oh, Yuki says that Ayame is pretty cool because he admires people who have what he doesn't. So we just talked about this in the anime episode, and we kind of talked yeah. about it at the end of the the uh, episode eleven of our discussions of the manga and i wonder um is that what yuki is striving for when he says when he says that i'm gonna put the lid on this like when i have to to keep away the like dirty feelings that he might have for kyo like he says like i want to keep i want to keep put a lid on this so i don't feel like hatred or whatever essentially is that are those feelings toward kyo this is what i kind of alluded to when we were talking about before and i had to stop myself um, when he throws away the chopsticks, I think, and he mm-hmm. is he acting like is he doing that because, like it's conspicuous because, he just saw Kyo transform. Does that have to do with like any deep, seated feelings about the curse, like about the true form that he knows, or about the cat, like he knows the cat's gonna be put away? Is this just like, some kind of deep seated hatred that's part of the curse? That he says, Yuki says, like, he doesn't want to deal with it and acknowledge it because he wants to try to keep those feelings away. Or is it more like you said, so we, we just talked about the the lid, opening the lid, and later mm-hmm. it was referred to that he's talking about, or how he felt was that he was, that was more around his feelings for Toru. But I think it kind of has to do with Kyo, I, too. I think the thing that trips me up is he says, I'll be swallowed up by those dirty feelings again. Mm-hmm. Which makes me think it's more, like, directed at himself. Yeah. Like, I was saying, it's, like, it's he refers to it mostly with his feelings with Toru, but that comes at the end of a whole bunch of flashbacks of his childhood. Yeah, and growth, different shit. other things. Yeah, so. It's true. I think, like, it might be, like, his own, like, lack of self-worth when he was younger and, like, just, like, negative feelings in general and toward himself and everything. Maybe, I feel like. I think some of it is probably Kyo, because I think he, you know, he developed that like, mutual hatred with Kyo, mm-hmm. like, after that meeting when they were little, too, as part of, like, some of that self-defense kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the again makes me think it's, like, stuff from his childhood rather than strictly reacting to the true form. It does seem, like, more personal. Like, it's beyond just the true form. Because it's couched right after the him seeing the true form for the first time, you could you could interpret it that way, I think, that mm-hmm. it's just related to that. But it does seem like he's saying, like, this, the truth, the form, and this and other stuff. It's referring to, like, yeah. the things from his past, like you're saying. Or maybe his feelings about Toru, that he 
acknowledges later or whatever but it does seem i think you're right that it's more like generically about his just like his hatred and bad feelings that he feels like he has himself that he's trying not to have yeah and i think it all is all like mixed up and stuffed together i mean he even says like the muddy feelings mm. you think it's muddy in the sense of it being like muddled together rather than like bad or dirty he kind of describes it as like kind dirty. of kind of both but yeah like the the fact that he says, like, that form, the other things, all of it, everything, yeah. the muddy feelings will overflow. It just makes it seem like it's just a whole lot going in his head. He's just trying to keep a lid on it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I agree with you. I think just thought it was an interesting thing for him to say. And it seemed like it's it's well positioned in that he's feeling sad about or feeling kind of, like, depressed about things after the curse. But I think it's more related to, like, his overall situation. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, like, opened up a, a door to the, some of those older... Mm feelings that he's been successfully repressing for a little while yeah what i was trying i guess like what i was trying to say by talking about what we talked about with ayame which i didn't really explain very clearly but what yuki says that he's cool ayame he respects ayame because he recognizes the things that other people have that he that ayame doesn't have right yuki Mm -hmm. also we know that yuki is going to become someone who's like that and he sees things about like kyo for example that he doesn't have that he wants to like, mm-hmm. be more like or whatever or strive to at least recognize and understand those feelings in others and that i think like what he's saying by saying i want to keep a lid on this is on those like muddled feelings is because he's striving to become someone who isn't just bound by all those heavy feelings that he has right mm-hmm. so i yeah. kind of think that that's i don't know that's how i choose to, to yeah. interpret this at this point in time in the story yeah and i do think kyo is more aware or yuki is more aware than kyo of the <laughs> yeah. like that it's actual like envy that he feels toward Kyo. Kyo thinks it's hatred, and Kyo, Kyo is still heavily motivated by the the deal with Akito at this point, right? Yeah, Deep I think yeah, side. I think Yuki like he like tries to shove it down, but I think he's fairly aware that he envies Kyo rather than like, straight hates up him. hates him. Mm-hmm. I think that's why he covers it so hard. Where he's like, "That's my line. I'm I'll hate you yeah. till I'm, even after I'm dead or whatever." Like, yeah, yeah, it's a defense mechanism for them, kind of like you said. Mm-hmm. I have a lighthearted discussion that requires being in the spoiler thing, which is Yuki said he was excited to spend more time with Toru over the summer and make memories with her, such as spending time at festivals. And I was like, they don't ever go to a festival, but they do go to the beach. I was like, we were yeah. robbed of a fireworks scene. <laughs> they did, they did uh, try to set up fireworks at the beach. <laughs> <laughs> and then they just like fizzle out. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. But yes, they did. Yeah. There is a beach, there's a beach arc, an extended yeah, beach it's arc. very long beach arc. We are treated to an extensive beach episode <laughs> in Furuba. <laughs> Can't have an anime without a beach episode. No. And we made some jokes about, like, Ayami bringing the crab, but it's uh, revealed later on that crab was one of Yuki's favorite foods when he was younger. Oh, really? Yeah, because there's some where he, like, brings some other food some other time, and I can't remember who, but someone mentions that those were foods that Yuki liked when he was little, and so Ayami's trying <laughs> with what he knows. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Yeah, nobody's complaining about the crab. They're just complaining about Ayame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. I didn't know that. It's a good side mm-hmm. note. I'm always touched when people remember food I like, so. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's an easy way to get someone to tell mm-hmm. someone that you care about them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Bring them a little, like, snack. I brought you your favorite potato chips. <laughs> I love these potato chips. <laughs> I brought you your favorite mochi ice cream yeah. filled. I mean... <laughs> Black sesame ice cream filled in your case. <laughs> so good. That's just because you can't get it. That's what makes it taste even sweeter. It's not what you can't have. Yeah, basically. Just like Ayame. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, Ayame and Mine. 
Oh yeah, I forgot to make any notes about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's like a there's a criticism I see a lot about Fruits Basket that I don't disagree with, which is that like everyone's like shoved into a happy like heterosexual relationship at the yes. end. And I don't disagree with that, even though I do like like pretty much all of them individually. Yes. Um, but I do disagree with Ayame and Mine being categorized in that last minute shove together thing. It is obvious. It's obvious <laughs> in the beginning. He's laying on her lap. Yeah. You don't do that with strangers <laughs> or coworkers usually, <laughs> unless you have a deep connection with them. Question mark. Also, you shouldn't do that as a boss. That's an ethics violation right there. Yeah. Somebody should be reporting that. <laughs> but <laughs> especially don't do that with a co-worker if you might transform if you like slip in too close like, <laughs> it's revealed later that she knew about that right i don't know i can't remember it's heavily implied he doesn't actually answer the question when yuki asks, but yuki's like she's gotta know right <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's true yeah and they're they're an amazing couple mm-hmm. like we were implying quietly in the non-spoilers that they're on the same page with a lot of stuff and i thought it was it's obvious that uh, this is something that weighs heavily on ayame he's told mine about it and mine's trying to help him when yeah. a Yuki comes to the store, and later when he comes back with like, Machi and other people, so yeah, yeah, they're cute. I like them. I like them. I like Mine. She's a good character. It's like she's one of the characters of Mine I still like know more about, but you can't know about everybody, you know. Yeah, I think I remember reading once. This could be totally wrong. I just remember <laughs> like someone say it that like her calling Yuki Ototokun kind of implies some intimacy. I think it does. With too. Yeah. I don't know. I can't say like from a you know technically the technical standpoint of knowing for sure, but calling someone little brother, yeah. it, she doesn't call him like Yuki Kun like a normal person would. She calls him little brother mm-hmm. Ototo Kun. So yeah. like it definitely implies something about them, and mm-hmm. I think it implies that they have a close relationship for sure. Yeah. Um, like I feel like you wouldn't normally do that unless you were like really, I don't know. She's very charismatic though, so mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe she would. But she calls Toru Toru-chan, so. Yeah. It's not like she calls her, like, uh, Imoto or something like that, yeah. <laughs> like, little sister, <laughs> you know? And they're theoretically strangers. I mean, I guess she knows Ayame, but she doesn't know Yuki, so why would she call him little brother? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I saw that, I was like, <gasps> yeah. personally. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was cute. And yeah, it's a fair criticism that everybody ends up, especially a character like Ayame, who clearly has, you could perhaps say that his, like, at least maybe his sexuality is fluid or something, like, I don't know, or he... Is at least. I think he is like straight down the middle bisexual. Basically. (laughs) He's a bottom. Everyone is beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, I love everybody and I love everybody's everything. Like, (laughs) and I'm happy to help everybody achieve all of their sexual fantasies (laughs) from the time I was in middle school or whatever, high school. (laughs) So, yeah, Ayame is definitely a a bicon, one might say. And it is, I guess, like, definitely for people who, you know, like, for, it's, it, it's definitely disappointing to see him end up, end up in just a heterosexual relationship like everybody else, but I think that Mine is a good match for him, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's an apt criticism of Furuba, but mm-hmm. Ayame is there to let us lust, all lust after him, of course. Yes, <laughs> lust with all your might or whatever he said. <laughs> He'll accept. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Yame. <laughs> really causing a stir. It's a big Yuki focus this chapter. We got like four chapters of Kyo, and now we get two chapters of Yuki. So, yep. <laughs> Next time, Hiro is coming. Yay. Yay. He's such a brat. <laughs> he's such a brat. He's great. But he's also he's also soft deep down inside, just like everybody yeah. else in Furuba. <laughs> and on the outside when he transforms. <laughs> he's goofy. <laughs> it sounds like there are any other spoilery things to say. 
<laughs> so, <clears throat> some silly manga <clears throat> chapters and some depressing anime next week. <laughs> yeah. Next anime episode. For us, is, anyway. Yeah. Next anime is going to be, be broken sad. up differently for our audience. Let me think about it. Uh, it will already have happened, right? Yeah. <laughs> It'll already have been released. Boy, that was a sad anime. I guess it might watched. still be. They're going to know that we record all these early. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's a secret. <laughs> Not anymore, probably. But it's okay. We still have to wait for the anime to come out to record the anime ones. Those are recorded. Right know how before. the sausage is made. Huh? She doesn't know how the sausage is made. (laughs) (laughs) You get a microphone and you shove the sausage into the microphone. (laughs) And then you have a podcast. (laughs) Yay. That's how it works, right? Right. There's nothing in between. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, we're really running out of material at this point, so I guess it's probably time to say goodbye. (laughs) Okay. Thank you all for listening. We will see you next time for chapters 39 and 40. Woo. <laughs> oh good, we wooed on cue this time. <laughs> it was a joint woo. <laughs> Alright, we'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.